Welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Caleb Oaks. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Brick. So today I wanted to talk about a topic as a follow-on to our last podcast where we talked about um, sort of warning people off of thinking about BI like they think about an ERP implementation. Uh, it's a it's a trap you can fall into because it can seem like, oh, this must be huge. We have to make it huge. Um, and, and in fact, you should really avoid that. I mean, you may end up building a really large system over a year or two, but you should start with a design that's very agile and is delivering results in the first three or four weeks. Right. Couldn't agree more. Okay. So – if you're in line with that and you're a company and you want to get some quick wins in BI, um, how do you avoid that waterfall approach? Well, I think it's it's actually interesting to think about, uh, in my opinion, how how these things go bad and why you think that, you know, wh- where you're not getting the wins that you think you should get. Okay. Right? All right. So, so, you know, what we've seen is that, it's really easy for people to think that, oh, you know, BI, that's simple. It's just creating some reports. We already have people that create reports. We'll just have them do it, right? So we'll just have this analyst do it, and, you know, they can go get their data from IT, and then they can just build what we're asking, and then everything's going to be great. And that's not actually how it works, right? That's how you get into a problem where you're not seeing the return that you you wanted to see, and you just start getting frustrated. Like, why, why can I not get any traction here? Uh, why is this taking so long? Uh, you know, BI sucks. Right. <laughs> so that sounds like a reasonable approach. I can see why people would would say that. But if you were advising someone, if a if a, if a friend came to you and said, "Hey, at my company, we need to we need to get some reporting done quickly, some BI." What do you suggest I do, Caleb? Yeah. So uh, real real quick, I want to go on a little little side story that I just thought of. So I, when I first got started with BI, I was at a giant company, and we rolled out BI, and every analyst in each department was kind of the task with being the champion of that BI initiative in that department. Okay. So it was up to them to build the reports, to go find their data, uh, to ultimately make it happen within their department. Um, and naturally some departments uh, did a great job uh, and some, it just totally fizzled out. Right. Um, and, and it was really interesting to see that contrast. So it's, it, there's a lot to that around why that happened but I think the point and the key takeaway there is that it's not a foolproof approach, right? You're, it's, you're, there's actually a high chance of failure when you do that and when you put that bird in there and, and you're just relying on uh, the analyst and the report writer uh, to, to do stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that may contribute to a, a statistic I saw recently from New Vantage that only 20% of companies are data-driven. And I don't think it's because only 20% of companies want to be data-driven. Uh, it's it's not maybe intuitive or simple to do it well. Right. Exactly. So, so I'll get to, I'll get to what you're asking. <laughs> okay. So, so let's say I, st- I still want to do it. Uh, and um, I've got some analysts who are doing some reporting for me in Excel or Tableau or Power BI. Uh, let's say not Power BI. Um, what do you what do you recommend? So you know, there's so many different technologies out there. It's crazy. But if you're just getting started, go with Power BI. Why? Go go tell your analyst or whoever you're having to do this. Go to tell them to go download Power BI Desktop for free. Uh, there's tons of learning out there. There's a community that supports it. So they can download the tool and they can start playing with it. Um, typically, 
they're already doing some work in Excel and maybe they're the Excel guru of the company. And that's why they're, they're responsible for cranking out data and reports and stuff for everybody else. Uh, and simple DAX functions, they're very similar to formulas in Excel. Yeah. Okay. And, and just to define DAX, D-A-X, um, is the, uh, the formula that's used to, to build measures or build, uh, actually build formulas in Power BI so that you can put numbers on the page. Yep, exactly. And it is pretty simple. Um, you know, I've, I've written a lot of DAX. It can also get pretty hairy. It can get really crazy once you start getting to some advanced functions. Yeah. There's some great resources out there to learn it, though. If you want to become a DAX master, it's possible to do that on your own. You don't have to go to college for that. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, and, and, you know, the other experience with Power BI, why I would advocate for that heavily is that when you're transforming data and you're grabbing it, it's very similar to an Excel-like experience. So the, the learning curve is just lower. It's a lower bar of getting used to the tool and actually using it and making it work for you. Yeah. And when you say grabbing data, are you talking about Power Query in Excel? The same as Power, it's the same engine in Power BI, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Power Query. That's right. Okay. You're not talking about copying and or opening CSVs. I guess maybe you are. Maybe that is the approach right. you could right. do. You might, yeah. you might do that. So, you know, the, one of the ways to do it, there's so many different ways you can connect to data with Power Query. It's, I mean, it's crazy. So you can connect to a CSV. You can connect to a, an Excel sheet. You could go connect to an API. So it really depends on where your data is at. Um, but Power Query will allow you the connection as long as your data source supports it. So there might be a data source that's just totally locked down. You should probably figure that out before you start trying to grab some data from it. Um, but that's one of the one of the keys of the puzzle, right, is how are we going to get our data? Um, a lot of times you're already pulling data out of whatever system it is into Excel. So you can just connect to that to get started. Okay. And, and if you are working in Power Query, that can also get um, quite involved. It doesn't have to. You can keep it really simple. Uh, there's a language, M, uh, that... Uh, Microsoft is built in order to build the transforms and so on that you do in Power Query. There's a lot of documentation on that, too. I find it a bit arcane to use, frankly, just the syntax. But, uh, but you know, even I can figure it out. <laughs> There's definitely better things out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you've downloaded Power BI. You've maybe uh, watched some YouTube videos, done some reading, learned a little bit about DAX. Um, you've used Power Query to connect to a data source, maybe as simple as connecting to an Excel sheet or a CSV. Um, what's next? So then you got to start building a report, right? And hopefully um, at this point, you're ready to start talking about an actual business case for why you would need a report. Okay. And you don't think that this person needs to necessarily build a dimensional data model to work off of? Not at this point. I think at this point, they're just learning the tool, trying to get used to it, playing with some data. So you've got a single table. You probably don't have tons of data at this point, so you're not worried about the efficiency and so on. Yeah, yeah. And it really depends on the, the skill set of the person doing it. If they're used to dimensional modeling and uh, are able to do that, definitely do that because it's going to scale further into the future um, if you take this thing further than just this quick win. Yeah, and and uh, for for those of the listeners that don't know what dimensional modeling is, can you describe it in a sentence or two? Yeah, it's it's really how tables are set up. So dimensions, which are descriptors of activities or business activities, and then facts, which are the business activities themselves. Okay, great. 
Okay, so you've got that. Um, obviously, now comes I think the hard part, right? So you, get you know downloading Power BI for free is easy. Um, connecting to data, depending on the data source, is probably not that hard. Of course, we're it's a different story if you're connecting lots of different data sources. Um, that's more involved. Uh, but but now you're ready to go, and so as the report writer, you have to engage well with the stakeholder or stakeholder group to get to a good report. How do you suggest they go about that? So you've got to put on your consulting hat, right? Consulting is not, a, not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, but you've got to give it your best shot, you know, start talking about the business case, you know, something that's so overlooked. And we've, we've also talked about that already in a podcast episode where if you're not, if you're not talking with the business about why are we doing this in the first place and what do we expect to be different after we complete this successfully? You know, you're, you're kind of in a tough spot already. So you have to do that up front. And by the business case, the way I think of that is a couple of things. Um, you know, at the very top, what, what is the, what's the goal? What's the needle I'm trying to move in the business? Let's say I'm trying to get 2% more, uh, employee utilization, or I'm trying to, uh, reduce expenses by 1%. Really understand what that is. And then you start working backwards and, and trying to figure out, okay, what are the leading indicators? What are the dials that will allow me to understand that some of the things that contribute to that number um, are off track and where I should spend my time and how I might approach making those better. Yeah. Let's say expenses are up 15% from last month. Next, What's the next question? Yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where, which, which categories, which accounts? Okay. Which accounts? Okay. What are the transactions? Right. So you want to, you want to kind of narrate yourself through that almost like a flow chart. Yeah. And so, so, uh, an okay report would tell you, Hey, it looks like expenses are trending off. Okay. So that tells you where you need to spend your time. A much better report tells you where to start spending your time to try to fix that. Right. Okay. Um, when you're thinking about doing your first set of reports, um, how do you decide what area to, to go after in terms of the reporting? There's a lot there, you know, and we, we were already talking a little bit about figuring out how easy it is to connect to a data source. That's one. Two is what types of stakeholders and what types of access do you have to different people? Um, so you want to start with a smaller s stakeholder group to really start to get the ball rolling. Would you, would you go as small as one person if you could? If, if you could, sure. That, that kind of flies in the face of key metric alignment. So typically you're not going to be able to find somebody where the impact is high enough and uh, you only have one person uh, that looks at the numbers. Right. And they're immediately going to have to be getting in sync with some of their colleagues. And so you need that alignment up front. Right. Right. So you're, you're probably looking at a group of three people, I would guess, at a very minimum. And, and what would you say is a maximum for this first high-impact, quick win? I wouldn't go much more than that. Okay, four. so you're looking for three people, yeah. three or four people. All yeah, right. right. Okay, makes sense. All right, so you do that work. You put on your consulting hat. You've really gotten to, you know, wh what is the goal we're going after? You've figured out what are the indicators that will allow the person to very quickly and hopefully intuitively know where to spend their time to improve that number. Um, and you've built a report. Um, what's next? 
So then you're going to publish that thing up to the Power BI service. This is where you need licenses. Uh, but that, that's really expensive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it might be too much. It's <laughs> $10 per user per month. Okay. So if you've got uh, three stakeholders and they're the only people looking at this first effort, you're talking 30 bucks a month. Yeah, plus yourself. So 40 Okay. Oh, well, that's true. Okay. Okay. All right. So you've published it up, but you're not done, right? We talked in our last episode about how iteration is part of creating reports because often stakeholders, uh, business people, um, things really start to come in focus once they start to see the numbers in a way that they didn't when they were talking to you about it conceptually. So, so how do you go through that process? Something like a UAT. Is that what you mean? Yeah. User acceptance testing. Yeah. 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 So you're going to want to get this report published and really from a tactical standpoint, once you publish, you your world has moved from Power BI desktop and your own little computer. Now you're in the Power BI service, which is uh, something that anybody can access that has a license and you give access to. Um, and it's a kind of a whole different animal of, in terms of um, maintenance and administration and that type of thing. So a little bit more learning to do once you get to the Power BI service in terms of sharing your report out. But you're going to share your report to those people, typically give them a time box frame. So three to five business days of please get in, use the report, figure out what's wrong with it. Um, if anything, give me some feedback. And then you're going to take that feedback, implement it, and hopefully, granted you're keeping the goal in mind, you only have to do about a one round of that before this report's actually providing value. You're going to have to keep revising it. Things change, businesses change, um, needs change. So it's going it, to that's going to happen. So be prepared for it. But that's how you get um, your users into it and start getting uh, some adoption there. Okay. UAT phase. Okay, that's great. Okay, so I think we sort of covered the simple case there. There's obviously more there, like you're going to want to figure out how to update your data automatically behind the scenes so you're not having to do that by hand every day or every week or whatever. You just want that to happen. So there's various implications there and and a little beyond the scope of uh, the time we have today. Um, But let me ask you uh, one last question or area of questions. So let's say you want to do this. You understand everything we've been talking about here, but you just don't have the spare capacity and you want to hire a partner to do that with. How do you think about the partner? What kind of partner are you looking for? What are the questions you're asking? What are are the things that you want to avoid in a partner? Yeah, so here are my red flags. One is that... They can, they're telling you that they can do something very, very quickly, like almost unreasonably fast. You know, week, that's too fast. It's not going to work, right? Because basically what they're going to be asking you to do is to give you some specs or give, give this vendor specs and they're just going to build a report to the spec. That's not going to land well. You might get a report. It's not going to give you value. Yes, it's unlikely that they've done that that bit of uh, putting on the consulting hat and really understanding what's going on. Right. And it's such a critical piece, right? And so then the other flag is on almost on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is we need to build this very elaborate system. It's really interesting. It, it's an interesting world out there that, you know, there some of these vendors that have uh, partnerships with some third-party software, they get kickbacks for for deploying pieces of software to you. So they're incentivized to give you all these different types of of software that will 
meet maybe a particular need and they might be really good at selling it. And, but that's going to take a long time to get all that set up, all of it configured, get your data moving, uh, and then ultimately see that value. So you could be looking at a year before you get your first report. Another huge red flag. Yeah. So a, a partner who is actually sort of a, a sales channel for a particular technology, you want to look at more closely and make sure that, yes, it's really the right technology for us, not just the technology that they get paid to sell. Right. And you'll see they sometimes it's like seven to 10 different pieces of software that all kind of work, work together. I'm doing air quotes. And, uh, you know, watch out for that. Yeah. And so I think what you're recommending is have a partner who's, well, it's funny. I, I think of us, I was going to say uh, technology agnostic. We're not. Our, our, our shop, we're a Microsoft shop. So we like Microsoft Azure Cloud. We use the Synapse service, uh, Power BI. We don't get paid for using those, though. We use them because we can deliver really high value quickly. Right, exactly. And it, and it does everything that we need it to do, works well, delivers the value. That's the most important thing. Okay. Anything else to be thinking about with a partner? Well, so so those are some of the red flags. Some of the things that you want to look at is uh, someone who's going to come in and understand your business. They're gonna they're gonna think about why are you trying to do this. They're not just gonna say, "Oh yeah, you want to report? Great. We just want to get paid." So avoid or order takers. Right. Right. Yeah, and in fact, I mean that's something when we hire someone new here, we have to train them because very often engineers will come in and they're used to a world where they're expected to take orders and produce it to the business person specs. Obviously, we're producing things to the business person specs, but it should be around the goals and the outcomes, not around let me draw a picture for you and then go build this and give it to me. Yeah, typically people that like to do this are problem solvers. And and you want to have the right type of problem solver, right? But what you find is that they're superficial problem solvers. They they take like maybe the first thing that they hear is the problem, and then they'll just go fix it with some little technology, but not dig deep down into okay. Oh, I understand. You need to decrease your expenses. It's not that you just need to know uh, your profit, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Any other things you want to cover on that? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, this podcast. It's uh, it's been good talking to you, Caleb. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing the knowledge. Pleasure as always, Brick. 